सहनावतो सहनाओ भुनक्तो सहवीर्यंकरवावहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुमाविद्विशावहै ओम शांति 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 गुरुर् ब्रह्मा गुरुर् विष्णु हो गुरुर्देवो महेश्वरः गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मा तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः In the last time, when we were chanting Vishnu Sahasranama or learning about the meaning of the words of Vishnu Sahasranama, we have seen till the seventh shloka, not from the beginning, but after Vishwam Vishnu Vashatkaru, from there the seventh shloka we have contributed. So we have seen 54 names so far 54 names of the Lord now the <clears throat> seventh shloka is what we have to start so please repeat after me if possible Agrahya Shashvata Krishno Agrahya Shashvata Krishno Lohitakshapradardhanaha Takshapradardhanaha Prabhutastrikakubdhama Strikakubdhama Pavitram Mangalamparam so this is a very beautiful start right in the beginning of this series. The very first word Agrahyaha Agrahyaha Grahana means to hold, to catch, to hold on to something. Agrahana that which is that which cannot be held upon. So, who is Bhagavan Vishnu? Or who is this Paramatma? Agrahyaha. Agrahyaha. The one who cannot be in anybody's hold. So, it is like Bhagavan trying to say, catch me if you can. Because any method that we try Holding on to that Lord, it is 
not just difficult here this word very clearly states agrahyaha means impossible to hold on to why is bhagwan that difficult to hold on to <clears throat> so in the bhagavatam there is a very beautiful story which refers to this particular aspect mother yashoda had tried every which way to warn this naughty young krishna not to indulge in you know butter and he would not just eat himself but invite his friends and sometimes his friends were very peculiar nature so one day he, she found that he had not only stolen the pot of butter but he was sitting in the porch backyard and inviting the monkeys by name and they were be getting on to his head getting around him and he had managed to line them up and one by one giving a morsel of butter to them now mother thought that it is enough is enough i have kept warning you you don't listen to me so she came running as soon as you know she the monkeys saw the they all ran away so bhagwan krishna could not run away because one hand there was pot the other hand there was the butter smeared hand so he said okay can't run away anyway and he started licking each finger now <laughs> what else can be done so as you know mother it, it even further enraged her because not only that you you know you're licking your finger also you're teasing me so she holds bhagwan krishna by both hands puts him down and then catches hold of him by the ear and takes him as she is taking him into the house she finds a mortar and pestle this should serve a good lesson to you and she says don't run away stay here and she goes gets grabs a rope ties one end to the you know the mortar and the other end she wants to tie it around his waist and as she is you know which child would want her mother to you know, his mother to tie him down so he was resisting and running and you know with one hand she was holding him tight and the other hand she was trying to rope it in and with all that struggle then she understood that this particular thing was just about 4 5 inches short she said no okay wait here and again she went inside got herself a bigger rope this time and again she tried with all the effort and then just again 4 5 inches so she was like you know confused so she went again inside and she checked the rope this was a little longer than that and she made sure that you know okay for making this time you know so she took the longer one went there and this time she made a smaller knot on the mortar so that there will be more rope left and she tried binding again there was 4 5 inches short so bhagwan you know felt really sad that mother was running up and down in and out in and out so i said okay mom let me help you he pulled that rope 
and he said, okay, thank you. And then she took it and tied him down. If Bhagavan does not help, if Bhagavan does not allow, he is not going to come in our catch. From the bhakti standpoint, unless Bhagavan picks us, it is very difficult to have his darshan. In fact, there was a great Mahatma ji, Swami Akhandanandji, he used to say that Bhagavan will give you realization. But to give his darshan is very difficult. Unless he gives himself in and says that this devotee deserves my presence, he will not reveal himself. And by the devotee himself or herself trying to visualize that Lord, agrahyaha is impossibility. One aspect of the word agrahyaha. Yamai veshavrunute tena labhyaha. Yam paramatma yesha bhaktanam. Yesham bhaktanam. Vrunute tena yeva labhyaha. If Bhagavan chooses to reveal himself to the devotee, that is when the devotee can have the darshan. Otherwise, we cannot. Agrahiya. Now, according to Shankaracharya he says, Karmendriyaihi nagrahyate iti agrahiya. Karmendriyaihi, karmendriyas and etc. ETC. So, to say that ETC there, he has uh, said karmendriyaihi, karmendriyaihi, agrahyaha nagrahyate iti. That which cannot be perceived, that which cannot be visualized, that which cannot be claimed by the organs of perception, organs of action, mind and intellect. Did you understand this? Because many of us, you know, we come across people saying, you know, yesterday night I was sleeping, I had a vision. You may have a vision, but that is not going to be the, uh, that will be your own projection. Agrahyaha, that tattva of Paramatma, cannot be understood, cannot be grasped, cannot be uh, claimed by mana, buddhi, chitta, ahankara, the antakkarana, bahyakkarana, karmendriyas and the jnanendriyas. Because each one is limited in their own accord. Let us put Paramatma's chapter aside for a second. That which the Jnanendriyas do, the Karmendriyas cannot do. That which the Karmendriyas do, Jnanendriyas cannot do. Feet walk. As you are sitting here, can the eyes go for a walk? It cannot. Can the ears go for a walk? It cannot. So what the each Indriya does, I mean the each uh, group of Indriyas do, the other group cannot do. Within each group, what the eyes can perceive, 
and what field the eyes can function in, can the nose function? And to taste something, if somebody gives you, you know, can you please taste it? It is sometimes very, you know, very peculiar. Those who cook don't taste it themselves. They would want to find a scapegoat. Can I, wait, 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 taste this. And they'll suffer a change. Do you put that, uh, that ladle of soup or rasam or whatever into your ears? They cannot transgress their own individual field of objective world. The ears cannot see, the nose cannot uh, you know, taste, the mouth cannot uh, you know, hear, the eyes cannot smell. They cannot. They function only in their specific field. In what field does the mind work? The mind always functions in the field of known parameters. Paramatma. Is it a known parameter or an unknown parameter? Unknown parameter. Now in that field, the mind cannot work. All that which exists but it is not known in my known parameter, in those fields intellect functions. It has got little more subtlety, in that subtlety it starts functioning. That if there is a lot of you know smoke, so the deduction, the mind, the intellect, you know, it, it has this deducing capacity. And in that deducing capacity, it finds, okay, if this is the kind of the fire, if this is the kind of the smoke, there must be fire. And in the in the villages, we think that they are common people, they, are, you know, they don't have much education, but they are smart people. By looking at the sky, they can tell you the time. Without watch, without cell phone, we will be lost. I think maybe, you know, afternoon, I don't know what time. But those fellows are so keen observers. That they look at the movement of the sun, movement of the birds, and they can tell you exactly the time. They are very observant. Looking at the skies, they can tell if it is going to rain or not going to rain. Our weathermen, they predict one thing and it happens totally different. Like the other day, two days ago, I think. We, we were supposed to have a 20% rainfall. That's what the, rain, the weatherman said. But then by the time it was evening or about you know, 6, every radio was blaring saying that, you know, there is thunderstorms. Suddenly it shifted. But these people can... So once I was in uh, seashore... And we had gone with the Yuva Kendra, we had gone for a trip into the ocean. It was a country made uh, boats. And we had had a good time. And suddenly something happened. The fisherman who was you know, heading that particular boat, he said, let's head back. So as soon as we started you know, getting back, I asked him, 
why did you hurry us back because we had planned for about 3 4 hours into the ocean then come back said let's head back immediately to a safe place i think it is going to be a cyclone i asking how do you even know that there is the, the skies are clear there is sun there and i said i am using this rudder and the rudder is you know in such depth the rudder is not behaving as i want it to there seems to be a strong undercurrent and this undercurrent usually is away from the land today it is towards the land and this water is flowing into that you know it was a sangam of the river coming and meeting into the ocean the waters are getting back into the river rather than coming from the river so this is a clear indication and needless to say half an hour we were back and we barely made it into a safe location and it's we were caught up in that uh, thunderstorm we were lucky to have uh, somebody who had known how does that work the intellect starts inferring from various parameters unknown but it starts identifying them now paramatma the concept of god is it something that is in the purview of the intellect even and then we go back from the lecture thinking i understood today's lecture very beautifully what was it about about god the intellect is not capable of doing that agrahyah thank you today is the first day of the series on the first day first word that you picked you have very clearly explained that there is no use attending satsang anymore because paramatma cannot be understood there are upanishads also say na pravachanena labhyah paramatma cannot be obtained by listening to few satsangs na bahuna shrutena constantly listening is not going to give us get us closer to paramatma or god then how agrahyah transcending the body mind and intellect is the only method to grasp that conscious principle all the external parameters which are indicative of representative of the god or the concept of god that we hold on to they are just the pointers to turn our minds within i have observed this you know i have you know whether it is in temple whether it is in church whether it is in mosque when in a deep prayerful attitude when this when the devotee comes to the altar whichever be the platform of altar when they come there and they do their you know, namaskar invariably what do we do probably we are conditioned to do it but what do we end up doing we close our eyes and the, the most uh, irony is when people go to tirupati 
It takes about these days 8 to 10 hours standing in the line uh, with a special VIP ticket to go and have darshan. 8 to 10 hours. And after struggling that 8 to 10 hours in that line, you go in there, you get about 10 to 20 seconds. 10 to 20 seconds to see the Lord. In those 10 to 20 seconds, a major chunk of time, what are we doing? Closing the eyes. And come out and say, we had a good darshan. If closing the eyes was the only thing, you can close your eyes anywhere. But that is the pointer, that is the representative which takes our minds, turns our minds within. When our entire internal equipment turns within and instead of searching for that outside, when the search stops and that intellect is transcended, the Mahatmas have said that the moment you transcend the intellect, meaning the processing, there is a little gap here. Because the moment our processing stops, you have only one experience. And that experience is called deep sleep. Sometimes the Guru used to call it sound sleep. Sleep for yourself and sound for everybody around you. Snore away to glory. Because the moment the processing stops, because even the dream state, there is still some processing. The moment processing stops, we enter sleep. But to be alert, conscious and yet the process is not started, transcending that process is when we realize until then any other equipment used God is merely a concept in our heads but it cannot be perceived it cannot be held you cannot hold on to that Lord so both from the Jnana perspective as well as the Bhakti perspective we have seen the word Agrahyaha, Agrahya Shashvata Krishno, Lohita Kshapratardanaha, Shashvataha, Shashvataha, <coughs> Shashvat Sarveshu Kaleshu Bhavati Iti Shashvataha, the one who remains constant. The one who remains constant in all three phases of time. Past, present and future. From the moment you understand that agrahyaha cannot be perceived. We want to rush, we want to unfold as fast as possible. You cannot do that also, you cannot rush. So, Gurudev used to, there is a book that he has written. The title is very beautiful. He said, Hazen slowly. You have to unfold. But in that process of unfolding, it is like a flower blossoming. Can you take a bud and you know pull it apart to give the same look as a blossom flower? It will never look the same. 
it will look like a terrorized flower rather than a blossomed flower the blossoming has to happen on its own it takes time but Swami, what is the guarantee that i'll have that realization don't worry paramatma is shashwata he is in no rush he is there past present and future he is constantly there how can he be there in past present and future because he is the one who is supporting sustaining the very concept of time so when the kids ask us the question who created god and that is one question which cannot be answered because you talk about creating something which never existed if it never existed you can create it that which is already existing there is no need for it to be created how old is god see the age of god or age of paramatma that's why it's called anadi ananta there is no beginning there is no end why is it there no beginning and no end because it was he who created time and all the calculations start from the basic count of time and what is the basic count of time that we normally talk about second right and a regular usage we use second because first is paramatma time is only second next after him the time was created by him and that which was created by him you cannot measure saying that you know the bhagwan was created or bhagwan existed just 2 seconds before time the second that 2 second cannot come into picture because that came in later shashvata that which exists eternally that which exists shashvata beyond the three phases of time so one of the pointers that is given for meditation to the seekers is that within this system that we have what is it that remains in all three phases of time what which continues so there is the huge analysis the analysis is called vedanta vichara or the pratipaksha bhava so the vedanta vichara says you start from what you recognize so we start from the body how is the body while well, we are born we are hardly this side and if you are the parent of a young newborn you may not see the change because you have been constantly handling uh, somebody who comes once in a week or once in two weeks is re suddenly grown uh, you will observe a change within few months uh, what you purchased them they, they don't fit anymore because the kid is growing in all dimensions 
though in our various native languages in india aise kapde chote ho gaye very illogical assumption wherein what it means is the clothes have become small how can the cloth become small the one whom to who unto whom you are putting these clothes has grown beyond the capacity of that cloth the cloth will never shrink maybe a tiny little shrink but you outgrow them the body doesn't remain in the same shape same size right from this size to the size that we exist today the old saying is up until one age we grow vertically after that we start growing horizontally it would be an amazing phase wherein the x axis meets the y axis x equals y then it is called a round personality complete personality a body keeps changing it is not shashvata so the seeker meditates on this aspect what is it that does not you know transform or change that which exists it's changeless in all three phases of time so the body is observed the mind is observed the intellect is observed ego is observed the memories are observed then you start observing that that this body and all this equipment functions as long as the individual is existing one day the individual quits the body the body is still here but what do the people who are around there cry left and gone now who is it that is that that was but now not there anymore that spark of life that spark of life remains constant rest of the things keep changing now that spark of life identified with still the body mind and intellect carries this memories carries these impressions forward to various lives the reincarnation but the identification once dropped the upadhi when it is nirmulatva the upadhi when it is removed then what remains is called pure consciousness that pure consciousness or awareness uncorrupted by any attachments or identifications that alone is called shashvata so where is that god that we are searching that god that we are searching oh my god is right here that spark of pure consciousness because of whose presence i can function in this world that is called shashvata <clears throat> 
ಅಗ್ರಾಹ್ಯ ಶಾಶ್ವತ ಬಟ್ ದ ಮೂಮೆಂಟ್ ಯು ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪ್ಲೈನಿಂಗ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಗ್ರಾಹ್ಯ ಅಂಡ್ ಶಾಶ್ವತ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಸೋ ಅಬ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಾಕ್ಟ್ ದಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಸ್ಟಾಪ್ಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ಮೈ ಪ್ರೊಸೆಸಿಂಗ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ಮೈ ಗ್ರಾಸ್ಪ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಅಬ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಾಕ್ಟ್ now to that abstract mind to channelize it the scripture said the scriptures have introduced to that same paramatma or the same conscious principle with name form and attributes saguna sakara so that saguna sakara is recognized here by the third word in this shloka ಅಗ್ರಾಹ್ಯ ಶಾಶ್ವತ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ನ ಹೂ ಇಸ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಯಕರ್ಷಯತಿ ಸಹ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಇವನ್ ನಂದು ಬಾಬಾ ಹ್ಯಾಡ್ ದಿಸ್ ಬೇಬಿ ಡೆಲಿವರ್ಡ್ ಹಿ ಕಾಲ್ಡ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಗುರು and when that guru looked at this child there was something very you know unusually great immensely attractive about this kid usually when you see a young newborn they look cute they look amazingly charming my opinion is that a young ones of any species look cute and you look into their eyes the most innocent because education has not yet corrupted them i just realized that later <clears throat> so that innocence is still there there is no conditionings around but when he saw this krishna he was much more than the, the usual normal kids he looks you know i am i feel like i'm drawn into him he said let's name him krishna akarshanat krishna the second meaning is he was dark in complexion the same color as bhagwan shri ramchandra ji and bharat in this portrait in this beautiful photograph the color is dark lakshman ji is little white and there are these famous songs why am i dark why is balram mai kyon kala wo kyon gora राधा क्यों गोरी माई क्यों काला ब्लैक एंड व्हाइट गो वेरी गुड विथ मैचिंग दैट वुड है माई आंसर नो बडी इज आस्किंग मी एनी वे तो भगवान वॉज बॉर्न विथ दैट डीप डार्क कॉम्प्लेक्स इट वॉज अ डार्क ब्यूटी तो बिकॉज ऑफ दैट डार्कनेस कृष्ण ऑल्सो मीन्स एनीथिंग विच इज इन डार्क कलर that's why his name his, he was named as krishna 
One because he was attractive. The second he was dark in color. Vyas Bhagavan in the Mahabharata, he says that he is called Krishna because Krishihi Bhuvachakaha Nascha Nivritti Vachakaha Krishna Shabda, what does it mean? Krishna Shabda means that which is existential reality. That which is conscious principle, that which is existential reality, that is called Krish. Yeah, if you want to name your child Krish, officially approved. Krish means existence. The Na Shabda or the Na means that which is blissful in nature. Not the Tatha Dada Na. It is the Tatha Dada Na. That Na means blissful in nature. So, what is Bhagavan Krishna? Existential Ananda. And we can see that through and through his life. We complain about our lives, our problems. Whether it was Krishna, whether it was Rama. Here because it is Krishna, we will focus on Krishna's life. Now in Krishna's life, first of all, where was he born? In a prison. So much is, this has become such popular that all these crooked politicians when they, in India they go to prison when they are thrown behind bars, they claim, Hum jail thodi na ja raha hum. Hum to Krishna janmasthan ja ke aata hum. I am not going to prison. I am going to Sri Krishna janmasthan. Because he was born in the prison. Say first, he was born in the prison. As soon as he was born, what happened? He got separated from his biological parents. He immediately got separated. And he was not even three months old when the first demon attacked him. Putana. It, not just that, you know, people got attracted to him. Even the demons seemed to be attracted to him. They picked on him. One after the other, until he reaches the age of nine. Until he shifts from Govardhana, Gokula, from there to Mathura. And when he enters Mathura, the, the invitation was... I am your uncle. You are invited into Mathura. And how was the entry? It was a big bang theory in practice. There was this huge elephant which was whipped to become to make it cranky and it was let loose on Bhagavan Krishna. They won over that. They came inside 
as soon as they came inside a nine year old and his brother Balarama both were thrown into the uh, what do you call that arena wrestling arena Malla Yuddha Mushtika and Chanura Chanura Mushtika and the description in Bhagavat is so beautiful that they did not even had to you know lay their finger on these two because they were still so young and these 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 wrestlers were so huge that they kept running make them running around in that arena that they were so tired that at the end of it to take care of them was easy one after the other one after the other and right from his birth if in today's psychological terms you would say that you know he had a childhood trauma that he was separated from his parents and then he had to go through with such kind of bashing constantly with these people bullied around and then he goes for a short period to gurukula to come back and reestablish the entire yadu vamsha they were constantly fighting with each other then he had to go help the pandavas and as he was trying to go to hastinapur to help pandavas mathura was constantly attacked by jarasandha because jarasandha and kamsa were related Jarasandha was really ticked off. How many times did he attack? 17 times that he attacked. 18th time, he ran away from the battlefield. And then he got a permanent residence visa in Gujarat. So he became a Gujubai. To Dwaraka he shifted. Right in the ocean. Somebody had just forwarded, how do you call it, oceanologists or is it the right word, oceanologist? Marine scientists may be working with the creatures and species of the, but this is with the ocean and its structure. I know the study is called oceanography, but what is he called or the, the person called? The one who does the study of oceanography. <laughs> Definitely. <clears throat> so you get the picture, right? So he forwarded it. He sends this beautiful clip that under the ocean, and even today there is such remains of a huge city, amazingly, you know, still intact. But because of the currents, it is not easy to dive that deep in that Kutch area. There is still that city submerged. It was right there that Krishna had built. One after the other. He is known to have lived for 125 years. And every moment of those 125 years was happening. There is not a single moment in his life wherein he could say, Okay, my responsibilities are done. Let me sit back, relax, enjoy. You know, watch couple of movies, 
have some popcorn. He didn't have time for that. Constantly, he was engaged in one after the other, one after the other. And not a single one of them we could claim as being a very positive experience. They have gone to such troubled times. So one thing that you can note, that Bhagavan Krishna never lost the smile on his face. I tell this in a different way. This is a simple thing that he was married to 16,008 wives and yet had a smile on his face. With one spouse around, the smile is like your head shaking is quite obvious. Thank you. That's why I didn't say wife. I said spouse. With one spouse, your smile is gone. And he, in spite of 16,008 wives, he had a bright smile on his face. And he knew how to handle it. Because he was the very embodiment, incarnation of that existential reality constantly in Ananda. Ananda, constant bliss. <clears throat> Bhagavan Krishna himself tells Arjuna a couple of times in Mahabharata that Krishna ha varnascha me yasmat tasmat Krishna ha aham Arjuna. Varnaha, my color, being dark, I have been always called as Krishna. In fact, that was the nickname for two other people in Mahabharata time. One is Vyas Bhagavan himself. His name, his complete name was Sri Krishna Dvaipayana Vyasa. SKD Vyasa. Sri Krishna Dvaipayana Vyasa. And the second one who was also nicknamed as Krishna, but with a Dirgha Krishna. It is not a South Indian calling Krishna. South Indian names, when you call them, instead of calling them Krishna, we call them as Krishna. It becomes Akaranta Strilingi. And it was our Draupadi who was called as Krishna. <clears throat> and all three of them were that you know, little peculiar dark hue. And because of which they were called that color. So when you go through the entire Bhagavatam or Garga Samhita, these are various scriptures that our minds can perceive the incarnation of that Paramatma who cannot be perceived. There are various painters, various you know, people who have done lot of dhyana and they have visualized and given us the shape and form, saguna sakara. And the entire Bhagavatam talks about the attributes of that Lord. So, if there are, if there is any mischievous God, there are two names that pop in our head. One is Bhagavan Krishna and who is the other one? Hanuman. Ask the kids, who is your favorite? They will say Hanumanji. 
because because of his constant pranks in the younger days now bhagwan krishna you have so many attributes so many stories that you can talk about that the mind can understand grasp and slowly turn towards that aspect of divinity agrahya shashvata krishnaha lohitakshaha lohitakshaha his eyes were always having a reddish tinge reddish tinge like the lotus the pinkish lotus or the hibiscus in today's modern world the original color of hibiscus has to be mentioned the original color is the red color so tinge of reddishness in his eyes why 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 is the lord explained bhagwan krishna explained to have bhagwan vishnu also has been explained to have this kind of red reddish eye not because he had taken an uh, unhuman hour of flight we call that red eye flight right he had not taken that flight <clears throat> the eyes were red our eyes are red because bhagwan krishna had that akarshana in him that he would invoke that kind of desire to be attracted to him and the desire is usually red in color couple of years ago when we had our uh, dallas camp with guruji when we were celebrating the 20 years of chinmay mission in dallas and the 10 years of saket by that time did we start chitrakoot then not yet right it was only after 6 months or 4 months after the camp was done that we procured this uh, property so at that time the concept was that you know if you had observed that all our books or the bag and everything was in a color coded everything was blue on the blue we had three lines one was white the second one was red and the third one was black so the blue indicates the color of infinity the reason that the lord is in that color is when you look at infinity when you look at the space around space actually does not have any color but how does it appear it appears blue in color similarly paramatma does not have any attributes but if he were to appear how would he appear that infinity is represented through that dark bluish color or a sky blue color so the blue was the background tamasic nature is represented through the black color rajasic nature is expressed through the red color and the white through the sattvic color so bhagwan krishna who or bhagwan vishnu who invokes that desire to be attracted unto him therefore his eyes were representing that red color 
So now if you have to close your eyes and imagine the Lord, that He is dark blue in color. And how are His red, I mean how are His eyes? They are light reddish tinge that they carry in their, in His eyes. Big beautiful eyes, but they were that, you know, black with the background of red. Eyeballs with the background of the reddish tinge in his eyes. Lohit Akshaha. Now, Lohit Akshaha, when connected with the next word following, because he is also responsible for the pralaya of this entire universe. So, at that time, the anger that has to be brought in, anger is also represented through the red color. That even the bull gets enraged. You must have seen the bull fight, wherein they keep teasing the bull with the red flag. And the red flag enrages. So the enraged Paramatma dissolves the entire creation back into his own unmanifest. Why are we talking in this terms of Lohitaksha? Because the next word is Pratar Danaha. Pratardanaha pralaye bhutani pratardayati hinasti iti pratardanaha. Pralaya kale, pralaye kale, enduring the times of delusion, wherein the entire uh, universe is morphed or changed. It is withdrawn back into unmanifest. Now, what does unmanifest mean? You take a, a bottle of juice or something, a bottle of water. When it is poured into the glass, it is manifest. You are expecting 10-15 guests and you poured into 10-15 glasses. You are waiting, you get a call that the program for some unforeseen uh, things, situations has been cancelled. So, what happens to those that juice in 10-15 glasses? If it was one glass, then you would have downloaded it into yourself. Uh, that which has been manifest, what happens to it? It goes back into the juice bottle. It goes back into the unmanifest, which is always readily available to be manifest again. So, the Lord is the one who is responsible to dissolve everything into that unmanifest. I am specifically avoiding one word which many books talk about is Pradardhanaha the Lord who is responsible for destruction. That is what many books define. But in this Kali Yuga, we have such a cruel definitions in our minds or imaginations with the word destruction. That our interpretation of the Lord or understanding of the Lord seems to be deviated. So, I change. I constantly talk about 
the lord is not responsible for destroying but he is responsible for recycling the entire universe the new buzzword right environmental friendly and you have to constantly recycle it so pradartanah the one who is responsible for metamorphosis or change to recycle this entire creation so that is called pradartanah pradartanah agrahya shashvata krishno lohita aksha pradartanah prabhutah त्रिककुब्धाम पवित्रम मंगलम परम प्रभूतः प्रभूतः द वन हु इज प्रभूति कैन ऑल्सो मीन द लॉर्डशिप दैट इज वाई ही इज कॉल्ड प्रभु प्रभु बिकॉज प्रभुजी darshan dijo i mean you say lord call with that word as prabhu it means that the one who has the complete lordship why is he called you know why does he have that lordship because he is known to be the paripurnatva paripurna the one who is complete unto its own self many offers when we work in this world whatever be our work our constant effort is from a basic standpoint which is very common throughout the universe that every effort that we put we are putting that effort in anticipation of one factor only for those who come to satsang come for that one factor those who avoid coming to satsang do that for that one factor those who wherever we are involving and that one factor is to find something that fulfills me from within so inside when we look there is some kind of lack so we try quite a bit you know to find that purposefulness of life by doing which i am so thoroughly satisfied from within so we change places we change jobs we change environments we change relationships we change a lot of things all in search of that one thing that can really truly bring in that completeness that satisfaction within and the reason we still feel that lack is the effort and intensity is in the right direction but the place where we are searching for is not the right place we try to search for this satisfaction or completion or the completeness in things beings space time interactions 
as long as they are in a favorable condition to us we say i like it they are too favorable i love it when they are no more favorable i want to delete i want to delete the entire interaction and experience not just delete their name or contact from your cell phone delete them from our memory so much so that the the father and child such a bonding experience when this child grows up to be his or her own individual and does something which is not to the liking of the father so many cases we hear enough if you have to do this get out of my house get out of my sight don't we hear those things these kinds of stories and when the child was born bundle of joy what happened afterwards bundle remained joy vanished and that is why we get bundled jumbled now we are ready to severe that particular relationship we are in search of that one thing that i can interact with or that one thing which i can gain by gaining which i have that sense of completeness within and the only thing that can, that can assure us of that completeness is when the mind turns within as that completeness is not out there but in here in your own core of being and that core of being here is called prabhutaha that which is complete unto itself therefore the lord is often recognized as prabhu because complete unto itself there is absolutely no lack in there prabhutaha trikakubdhama <clears throat> trikakubdhama the one which is in the three quarters kakub means the three quarters dhama the one which is the very support of these three quarters this is usually commented upon as the the three quarters or the three phases that the jiva experiences the world what are the three experiences of the jiva the first phase is when the mind is active it is called jagrat avastha when the mind is active the second one when the mind is lucid the swapna avastha and the third one when the mind has completely withdrawn that which supports all these three 
that on which all these three keep changing is called the fourth one the one which supports the one which is the abode wherein it supports all these three phases trika kup dhama now that is called the fourth one not actually the fourth one but usually it is recognized as the fourth one they call it as turiya this is in sanskrit not in hindi otherwise people will mistake it as some vegetable what do they call it in english rich god wo turi ya turi ye bolte na turai so don't mistake it for that in a hindi word it is a sanskrit word turi ya means that fourth one which is the substratum which is the basis which is the foundation on which these three waking dream and the deep sleep we keep interchanging through jagrata swapna and susupti waking dream and deep sleep and this fourth plane is the substratum urdhvat ado madhya bhedena trisrunam kakub dhama iti dhama the one which is the substratum so we have the expressing waking world internally the dream world and completely withdrawn wherein it is not recognized that is one question nobody can answer are you asleep the rest of the questions we can answer because if you do answer it very clearly states you are not if you are you can never answer it i have tried it many times it may seem very silly i have tried maintaining a stopwatch to identify the exact moment when i fall asleep i am yet to find that now there are instruments that uh, you know the sleep pattern and other things which are externally monitored i am not talking about that the challenge is different the challenge is you able being able to identify the exact moment wherein you fall asleep because in that effort sometimes you don't fall asleep because <laughs> you are so consciously waiting ab hoga ab hoga if you are conscious then you cannot sleep but when that sleep takes over when it happens nobody can say haven't you found yourself in a very uncomfortable posture in that uh, couch that you have that you are watching a game or you are watching something after you came back from the office and somebody had to grab that you know pull that out from your hand and sometimes somebody doesn't need to come as you are sleeping that little remote from your hand slips and when it hits the floor and it makes that sound you wake up okay i think i i should shut this off and go and sleep 
or when the kids are studying the book is there the everything is open there taken off these three avastas happen and there is that consciousness in whose light all these three experiences are cognized now the question to think about meditate about is everybody who sleeps does remember that i was asleep during the sleep there is no in no movement at all but how do we know that i fell asleep or i was asleep how do you know how do you know that you fell asleep or you were in sleep there is that conscious principle which records or which knows that you were asleep isn't it that we recall it from our memory so gaya tha had fallen asleep because it gets recorded and there is something which illumines even that sleep state that which illumines all the three jagrat swapna sushupti is called dhama trikakup dhama though we go through these three different phases that dhama does not get corrupted or tarnished and that is why it is called pavitram and the lord or god in the form of vishnu or bhagwan krishna they have done lot of research and this is in the Californian University and one in New Hampshire So in both these universities the research done in the sound and they have found that of all the names of all the sounds the names of gods have got amazing positive vibration in them of all these various words the syllable om has got the highest you know positive energy in it so that which is the very lord he is the very embodiment of pavitrata purity pavitram mangalam param now there is another meaning of pavitra is the indra's vajra is called pavi trayate now indra's vajra is used on all the jeevas as karma phala 
and the one who protects from that is called the pavitra so he is not the one just who you know blesses the devotee from all the dukha to get away from the dukha but he is also mangalam mangalam the one who blesses the devotee to have amazing peace and happiness in the life one may ask i keep praying i don't see neither of that peace neither of that peace or happiness there are only two possibilities either that which is claimed by the scriptures is wrong or my effort that i am putting or the so called or so claim of the effort that i am putting must be flawed my faith is that the scriptures are not wrong so now go figure where we are going wrong because that effort to put towards the lord has to be param the intensity towards that supreme the intensity with which we try this particular path also has to be that intense a simple materialistic thing in our day to day experience does not come about to happen with a mere uh, you know haphazard effort how many years does it take to become an engineer or a lawyer or a doctor how many years does it take to become a doctor doctor ji in this country it takes about 28 30 years so 28 30 years of constant effort towards and then you become a doctor that intensity is required take any athlete for that matter who is that fellow with the fins the swimmer who wins lot of gold medals phelps michael phelps or the basketball legend magic johnson Now, when they when their efforts are put, and you look at their lifestyle, so much of intensity has gone in to bring that perfection. It was not just an accident. They just happened to be there around when the Olympics were happening. They jumped in and they just won few medals. It doesn't happen. Such consistent effort, that intensity to reach to that highest, should be. unparalleled then that pavitra and mangalam becomes the devotee's experience agrahya shashvata krishno lohitaksha pradartanah prabhutastrika kuddhama pavitram mangalam param so today we saw another shloka so we covered till the 63rd words or 63rd names of the divine
we'll continue with the next one tomorrow om purnamadaha purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vasishyate om shant shant shantihi Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om